You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to be saved that thou... Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, as we see you submissive to the law of which you yourself are the author, giving honor to your earthly parents, even as you honor your Father who is in heaven, so we, may we too be submissive to your word. Bring us to a right understanding of it, that in all things we may glorify you and truly become the people you have redeemed us to be. For in that life is life. And to you we give glory as we gather this morning. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, this is kind of weird. This is... uh, This is the last week we're worshiping without music, but it reminds me so much of being in seminary. We would gather every night at 10 o'clock, and sometimes it was just me, and sometimes there were a small group of us that gathered in the side chapel, and the only music you provide, the only music that was there was if you decided to sing a cappella, and we weren't all capable of it. So a lot of times we just gathered, and in the stark presence of the Word, um, just just let it seep into our bones uh, and into our hearts. So it's wonderful to be able to do this with you, even though we're going back to music next weekend. Um, Amazing passages of Scripture for this second Sunday in uh, in Christmas season. And I'm going to focus most of my reflections on our passage from 1 Kings. Um, Here we see the boy Solomon in probably what is one of the most iconic moments of prayer in the whole of the Bible. This boy who is to inherit a kingdom. And not only to inherit a kingdom, but to inherit it from David, you know, the author of most of our songs. <laughs> David, whose adventures are recounted for us over and over again uh, in, in the Old Testament. The great hero who, who will be one of the two great kings of the undivided kingdom of Israel. Solomon to be the second, but he's a boy yet and doesn't know what he's facing. In fact, he's just coming to the realization of what he's facing and and he's terrified. And he looks at the example of his father and he turns to God and asks God to give him understanding because he thinks that that is what he most needs in the position in which he finds himself. And God says this amazing thing to him. God says to him, because you have asked this and not for yourself, and then he goes into a lot of details that are particular to Solomon's situation. Because you have asked this and not for yourself, I will do according to your word. 
Now, just a few weeks ago, we heard Mary say to God, let it be to me according to your word. And so the incarnation occurs and our salvation progresses according to God's plan. How would you like to hear God say to you, I will do according to your word? Boy, every time I've offered a prayer, especially a really one from my heart, that's what I'm hoping to hear from God. <laughs> but how do we learn to ask like Solomon asked? Not for ourselves, but in this way, meaning according to God's will. Because that's really, by the time God says this to Solomon... Solomon's word is in fact God's word being spoken through him. Solomon is so in accord with the will of God that what he's asking for is God's will and so God can grant it instantly. How do we grow in our relationship with God so that our prayer requests become God's word speaking through us, God's will speaking through us? So we know then that what we ask for, as Jesus will say later in his ministry, we will receive. The key seems to be here that Solomon is asking not for himself, but for the role God has chosen him to play. He's asking for the sake of the people he has to govern now. His father is gone. David, who, who was the greatest king of Israel, to whom God gave the promise that his, his throne would last forever, who alone in Scripture of all the people we see following after God is called a man after God's own heart. David is gone. And ready or not, Solomon now must rule in his stead. Haven't you ever faced a situation like that in life? Your first day as a teacher. And you watch the kids doing the thing the kids do. And you go, oh, ready or not, here I go. I remember feeling that way the first time I read The Loch Ness Monster at Bush Gardens. As we got to the top of that hill, I was in the front car because we waited in the extra long line which meant that that clasp was still holding on at the back and I'm facing straight down the hill and I'm feeling these, are these braces going to hold? <laughs> Ready or not, <coughs> here I go. <laughs> but I imagine a surgeon must feel like that the first time they have to take a scalpel and cut a real living person. The first time I brought my son home, from the hospital. And I remember my first thought as I opened the, the door to our apartment and carried him in. Even though I'd been preparing for weeks and months for his arrival, my first thought was, are they idiots? They let me take him home. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but that was, ready or not, I was dad. <laughs> the Lord places us into situations where we must serve others. And so we must ask according to God's will, as Jesus will later say and teach us in his, his, his iconic prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Solomon is seeking God's will for his role. And maybe 
it is that Jesus was even thinking of this particular story from the Old Testament as he said those words, expecting that his very Jewish hearers would remember that time that Solomon asked for the wisdom to be God's ruler, God's representative on earth, knowing that God was in heaven and was the real king overall. So how do we do that? The answer seems to come to us from our psalm today and from Jesus' response to, his, to Joseph and Mary when they come looking for him in the temple. Jesus' response is, Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? Did you not know that... He, he seems genuinely perplexed. It doesn't seem like a sassy answer. He's genuinely perplexed that they wouldn't know where he was. He needed to be where God's word was being spoken. And this is the first thing for us, really, in the book of Ephesians. How do we learn the will of God? How do we have godly wisdom and understanding? St. Paul tells us. Through the gospel. Through that word whereby we learn of the fullness of God's plan. He's talking about Jesus. He says, And in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him things in heaven and things on earth. This, our destiny, through Jesus Christ, through God's saving act of becoming a human being in our midst and shedding His own blood for the sake of our salvation, being immersed in God's Word, in that story of our redemption, till by hearing it over and over and over and over and over again, it finally goes from our head to our heart. And we can live from that truth even as we live into that truth. To be immersed in God's Word is the best way for our wisdom and insight and understanding to grow. Because little by little, God will replace our insights with His insights till we're living by His Word. But the disposition we need to have as we hear that word is what we call faith. And by faith we mean not just believing it's true, but trusting that it's true. Trusting that there is a wisdom in what God is saying that exceeds my current understanding and into which I need to grow. As I have, I've learned, as I've learned a lot of life, life lessons uh, recently through karate, this is another one which comes home to me. Deacon Michael has introduced to us the language of muscle memory around here. How do we develop our muscle memory? Um, I certainly learned this as a musician when I trained that way back in the day, but lately it's been karate, cause, mainly because I'm a beginner again. And so many of the things I, the stages of learning I passed through in learning to play the saxophone are so far forgotten now, I don't remember them, but 
I'm still a beginner at karate, and so I'm, I'm still remembering it. And in our psalm, we hear this. We hear the psalmist say, I am wiser than the elders because I observe your commandments. Through your commandments, I gain understanding. I'm wiser than the elders. Why? Because I observe your commandments. It's actually the psalmist's obedience that brings his understanding. And this is the way in which karate has helped me with understanding this. Our disposition, if my disposition towards the Lord's word is trust, that means I'm going to listen to him the same way I listen to my doctor when my doctor says, do this and your health will be maintained, or do this and you'll get better. I don't just believe the doctor's right in my head. I change my diet, or I add the exercise, or I go to the treatment that is required because I trust him. Well, this is where the karate piece helped me. I am a beginner. And here's what I frequently hear from my sensei. Listen to your body! It's telling you you're wrong! I love my sensei, but he forgets that we train with the upper level students, and I've only been at this two years, and the next student above us has been at it seven, and he's been at it close to 40. What he hears his body saying to him is very different than what I hear my body saying to me. <laughs> when I do something wrong, it doesn't feel wrong to me. <laughs> because I haven't done it his way, the right way, enough times for it to get into my muscle memory. So I listen and I correct myself. And this is why in our tradition we're, we're called karateka, which means student of karate. And my sensei is equally a student as I am. Oh, he never gets it perfect. I've watched him do perform the katas as well, little sort of dances where we, we, learn, we, we learn all our movements. And I've watched him do them, and he doesn't do them perfectly, and he acknowledges that. And a couple years ago, I got to go to a training with him where we had, he's a third Dan black belt. We had a tenth Dan black belt. Someone who was almost as far above him as he is above me. And I watched him humbly receive correction from that teacher as he learned and perfected his skills. Through our obedience, we learn a kind of understanding that is a muscle memory. So that when we get into the crunch of real life and we're needing to make decisions, we're needing to choose actions in the heat of battle, so to speak, if we've obeyed the Lord enough, our understanding will be not just up here, but manifested in our heart in a godly wisdom. And we'll be able to make choices that help us and help those around us that truly serve the will of the Father and help it become present on earth as it is in heaven. We never do this perfectly. So we constantly turn towards Him in repentance and receive that forgiveness of our sins that encourages us to get back in the struggle. But even the desire to be part of the struggle, to do the right thing, to turn toward Him in faith, to receive His Word as the Word of our salvation, all that is a gift from God. Promises of God are His gift. Our faith is His gift. Our desire to be obedient is His gift. 
and the wisdom that comes when we observe his commandments, whether they be the Big Ten from the Old Testament or Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. All of these are his gift so that all can be grace and we can truly have a life worth living. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, our muscle memory isn't good yet. We're still such beginners in the school of prayer, in the school of obedience, in the school of godly wisdom. We pray that you would immerse us in your word, both here in our worship together, in our private devotions, in our prayers, that your word would be recalled to our minds by the Spirit so that we might be formed in trust toward you. That our lives may become a harvest of, of your righteousness and sincere repentance. Perfect us in turning from our sin to live for you alone. So that in the words of our Eucharistic prayers, we may look to you not only as a sacrifice for sin, but as a model of the godly life. We may grow in character to be like you, who art forever our Lord, and whom we praise when we say the name of Jesus. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.